Sonny Dykes gave a timetable on the Chandler Morris injury this morning. Uh, so we'll give an update on that. We'll also look around the Big 12. Uh, are they adding another team for basketball only? And we'll look at the Big 12 results from this past week. All that and more coming up next. It's Locked on Horn Frogs. You are Locked on Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right, Locked On Horn Frogs, your team every day. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. Uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're coming up on 950 subscribers, which is really cool. You can also find the podcast wherever it is you get uh, podcasts in its audio form, um, Spotify, Apple, whatever you like to listen to. It's available there. So please subscribe on those platforms as well. I'm at Simcox Stephen on Twitter. The show is at Locked On TCU. We're going to talk some CCU athletics today, specifically TCU football. And Sonny Dykes gave an update on Chandler Morris. He did an interview with Frogs today, uh, either last night or this morning, but it dropped this morning. And he said that it's a week-to-week injury. He said it was basically the same injury that he had last season when he sprained his knee against Colorado in the season opener. And they expect him to miss at least a month. So a month is kind of the best-case scenario timetable, which if he missed a month, that would put him coming back uh, during Texas week, like right before the Texas game. And then after that, they finish the season with a game against Baylor and Oklahoma. So I think there's a lot of things to consider there. First off is, like, a lot of this will depend on how Josh Hoover plays. Um, if he plays really well and the team starts winning some games, then I don't know if Chandler will be brought back or not. I don't really see a, a need for them, obviously, to rush him back. And by the same token, if things are going poorly and the season starts to, um, or I guess continues to decline and, and take a negative turn, then I wouldn't think they would be, really eager to get him back on the field either because, I mean, if he's not completely healthy, there's no reason to put him out there if there's no stakes, right? Um, So I would be fascinated to see how they handle this. My my general thought on it is usually when coaches give timelines, it's pretty rare. I mean, sometimes you'll see guys work back, and I'm sure Chandler's going to try to work hard to get back from this injury. Um, But typically, it's if it's four to six weeks, which is something that's been reported – then it's it's more you more lean towards the six weeks than the four weeks. So that's like best case scenario. Everything goes right, rehab goes correctly. There's no setbacks. Then he could be back in a month. But I think a lot of this will depend on where the team is at the you know at the time that he's available again. Um, and honestly, I can't remember like what the timetable looked like last year because I know you know there were updates about him kind of every week. But because Max had so much experience, it was kind of like yeah, and, and the schedule was pretty manageable at that point too. Like they played the game against Tarleton the next week. uh, And then I think they got SMU after that. And then they burst on the scene with the Oklahoma game. But then once Max got in a rhythm, it was pretty clear that they were going to roll with him from there on out. And so nobody really asked about Chandler's recovery from that point on. Um, So Josh Hoover's your guy. Somebody asked me yesterday who the backup is now. Grant Tisdale is now the backup quarterback. And Grant's been around college football for a long time. He was a highly rated recruit at a high school at Allen, four-star quarterback, ended up going to Ole Miss, didn't really play there much, transferred to Cisco Junior College, played three games there in one season, and then he went to um, Southeast Louisiana, I believe. Yeah, Southeastern Louisiana. He was at Southeast Louisiana for two seasons, uh, only played in one game. And so he's your backup QB. And I, I, I think that's 
Like that's not an ideal situation, obviously, but Grant's a super experienced guy, or at least he's, he's not really experienced in the fact that he's been on the field, but he's at least been around college football for a long time and has experienced it. And so I, I think he's somebody that will pick up on this offense quickly. I don't know how much he's been, you know, the challenge for Grant's going to be, I don't know how much he's actually been working with um, the, the team itself getting reps. Uh, when we had Ted Party on a few weeks ago before the Houston game, his son Luke is, is a walk-on quarterback and Grant's not a walk-on to be fair, but he was like, yeah, Luke really, I mean, he's, he's more invested in the other team's playbook each week because he's running scout team. And so he's trying to give the defense a good look. And I mean, I'm sure he's very familiar with the offense that they're running, but like on a week to week basis, his homework is learning the plays for their opponent. And so I don't know how much of that Grant's been doing, but I think he's someone and then get up to speed quickly. Um, and he had a really good career at Allen. He's a pretty athletic guy. And so I, I don't know if maybe they'll have something in mind for him, but I don't think you're going to be, running a lot of plays with your backup QB in the situation because you're going to need him in an emergency situation. But that's your backup quarterback is Grant Tisdale. Um, he's behind uh, Josh Hoover now, and Josh Hoover is going to be your starter. And we saw Josh come in the Iowa State game and throw it around a little bit. Looks like he has a big arm. Um, and we'll find out a lot about him this week. And I think, you know, this is a really good opportunity for, uh, for Josh to get a chance to play and show what he's got um, and, and show this coaching staff what he can do. Sonny complimented his work ethic to Brian Estridge yesterday at his weekly radio show um, and just said he's one of the first guys there. He's one of the last guys out of the building. And, um, you know, hope kind of springs eternal when you have a new face out there. I, I get the sense from a lot of you, like, listening to your comments and stuff and reading what you said that you're just kind of ready to see something different with the offense because it's been so bad the last few weeks, which I understand that. And, um, again, like I was encouraged by some of the stuff I saw from Josh Hoover late in that game. I would just say like some people are kind of making these bold projections and saying like, oh, we really, you know, we really got a sense of what he can do. I mean, that game was out of hand. Like Iowa State was – was they were playing soft coverage. They were uh, – had they had a big lead. And so, I mean, I just don't know how much you can – actually gain from from watching those moments but he was uh he was pretty solid he was 11 of 19 he did throw an interception he's got to protect the ball take care of the ball this week uh and he had you know one touchdown drive and probably should have had two i mean they had Corey Wren coming out of the backfield he came out of the backfield and if he well he hit him right in the in the hands if Corey holds on to that ball and is able to stay upright then he walks in the end zone and they score and then he moved the ball a little bit uh down the field in, in another drive and JP Richardson threw an interception on a double pass so um they were able to move the football and that's something that they've been able to do really all year long they kind of adjusted uh the offensive line by moving Brandon Coleman back to tackle and moving Andrew Coker to the other side. So we'll see if that continues this week. And BYU has been a team that's uh, given up some points this season. Like they shut out Sam Houston in their opening game, 114-0, um, gave up 16 to Southern Utah. But against FBS opponents this year, gave up uh, 31 points to Arkansas, 38 points to Kansas, and then 27 to Cincinnati. Arkansas – well, Arkansas's offense has not proven to be that good this year. Um KU can score, and so I don't think giving up 38 to them is, is just a horrible effort. And then 27 to Cincinnati. Cincinnati has struggled at times on that side of the ball. So this seems like a team where there's going to be opportunities to score, 
but you can't turn the ball over and you have to find a way to be better in the red zone, which is something we've talked about all year long. Um, and so hopefully, hopefully Josh can do those things and hopefully they can run the ball well and get Amani Bailey a lot of touches and allow him to kind of set up um, this offense being better situations. One thing I am hopeful about that I really liked, <coughs> excuse me, that's all from Josh in the limited action is he didn't seem to be afraid to push the ball down the field. And I mean, there's been like the vertical passing game and the big play threat has been pretty non-existent for this offense. And one thing that will really help the running game, um, especially with Josh back there, is if they show the ability that they can take deep shots and hit receivers down the field, um, then it should allow for lighter boxes. And when this team spreads people out, you know, you can hand that ball off to Imani and let him go and let him run the ball. And I also wonder if we see a little more Trent battling Cam Cook in the coming weeks because I thought they have looked good in limited action, giving Imani some breaks here and there. But um, if they can throw the ball down the field and connect on some of those throws, because I imagine teams are going to stack the box. Teams are going to come at Josh. They're going to pin their ears back. They're going to show a lot of blitzes. They're going to try to confuse him with different looks and try to, you know, fool his, fool his eyes and not allow him to get comfortable back there. But if you can hit some big shots down the field, then that, that will mitigate a lot of that because – It'll tell defense coordinators, okay, we have to like we have to respect that aspect of this offense and back off a little bit and uh, you know kind of pick your poison. And they haven't they haven't had that this season. And I think lately it's really become a huge part of of the decline of this offense is that you're just watching defenses that aren't afraid of getting beat over the top. And so they're playing you know eleven guys within. 15 or 20 yards from line of scrimmage um, and and not allowing TCU to, to really breathe or get anything going up and down the field. And then I don't know what Josh's mobility is like. You know, he doesn't seem like a burner to me. I think like the success is going to be found for him um, getting the ball out quickly and being decisive and just trying to find ways to allow these guys, these skilled guys to make plays. Um, and hopefully Jalen Robinson can get back this week because I think he's somebody that has shown some promise. But, again, it's it's been kind of the same story for him as a lot of these wide receivers, just inability to stay available, whether that's because of injury or something else, and be around week to week has been um, a problem that this team has had. So we'll see where TCU goes from here. Um, but it looks like Chandler Morris is going to miss at least a month. Sonny Dyke said they're going to evaluate it week to week. And hopefully Josh Hoover plays really, really well. Um, and this team can can get rolling and, and rally behind their backup quarterback. When we come back, we'll take a look around the Big 12. What else happened in the Big 12 conference this past Saturday? And is Brett Yormark once again on the expansion war path? We'll talk about that next. It's Locked On Horn Frogs. We have a new sponsor on Locked On Horn Frogs, Prize Picks. If you want to play, daily fantasy football basketball baseball whatever it is prize picks is where you need to go right now fantasy football is in full swing and i'm having a rough year i'm three and two i took i got the first pick in the draft i took justin jefferson justin jefferson just went on ir he's out for four to six weeks um and so i might be interested in prize picks because the great thing about prize picks is there's daily games and chances to win each and every day uh, they have quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous selection of players and stat and stat types, 
It's what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. It's simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Um, and you can win up to $250 with a $10 bet with just a few taps. Uh, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a deposit match up to $100. Um, and yeah, start playing daily fantasy sports today. Get in there on daily fantasy football. If your team is uh, a tire fire right now and you're like, man, I don't want to completely get out of the, the fantasy football game, we'll go to prize picks today. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Another sponsor I want to mention game time. If you need tickets, use the game time app, download the game time app, use the code locked on college, get $20 off your first purchase. The game time app is simple to use. One of the things I love about it, I said this before, it shows you a picture of your seats. Like you'll know exactly where you're going to be and um, what kind of view you'll have of the game or whatever event it is. BYU TCU tickets on sale right now. You can get them for $24, $25. And, you know, if you're somebody who is, is more willing to spend money than that, you can get better seats up to $100 or more. They have all kinds of options on the GameTime app. Their app is super easy to use. Download it today. Use the code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off the GameTime app, one of the sponsors here of the LOCKEDON Network. Big 12 whip around segment. Okay, what else happened across the Big 12 Conference? And we'll start with, I mean, this isn't, I guess it wasn't shocking. Like, it's OU Texas, the Red River rivalry. But Texas was coming in there playing so well. OU undefeated, but I think there were a lot of questions about, okay, this defense is really good. Can Dylan Gabriel uh, be a guy that makes plays? Can they slow down the Texas offense? Well, they did it in a big way. OU wins 34-30. to Dylan Gabriel engineers a last-second touchdown drive to give the Sooners the lead. The Horns could not respond, and OU is still undefeated. Texas has now dropped to 5-1, and 2-1 and one in Big 12 play. Coin Evers had a nice day passing the ball, 346 yards, one touchdown, but did have two interceptions, um, and that proved to be costly for this Texas team. Excuse me, Oklahoma also had a goal line stand that was huge. Dylan Gabriel, super efficient, 25 to 38, 285 yards and a touchdown. Also had 113 yards rushing on the ground. Uh, Sooners find a way, and they are now 6-0 and 3-0 and in conference play. Brett Venables, man. I did not have a lot of belief in him after last season. I thought it was just like, I get it. They had a ton of transfers. Lincoln Riley kind of left the cupboard bare to a certain extent. Um, they lose Caleb Williams, but they've turned this thing around completely after having a disappointing season. And uh, yeah, they go and win and beat Texas. And so now the, the fascinating thing is going to be, are these two teams on a crash course for the Big 12 championship game, which would obviously be the worst-case scenario for the schools that are left over, and we're going to hear about it for a long time. But I'll tell you what, I like – that was a fun game to watch. I don't like those teams. I especially don't like Texas. Uh, and I I hate that they're going to the SEC. I, I hate the arrogance that they're taking with them to the SEC. But ultimately, I think this could end up being really good for the Big 12. Um, if you set aside kind of the 
the worry about, okay, is there a blue blood in the conference? What is it going to look like moving forward? Um, those kind of things. I, I feel like there's a lot of uh, cohesion with the Big 12 Conference right now. I think, you know, the schools are in agreement. They're excited to be with one another. They did a really good job of kind of rating the Pac-12 when there was an opportunity there to go and get those schools. But these are two really good football teams. And as someone who appreciates good football, I watched that game and enjoyed it. Now, it, I totally understand if you, like, watched it with just complete hate in your heart for both teams. Um I personally, though, like I can live with Oklahoma being good. Now, I want I want TCU to beat both of them. I'm not I'm not uh, real hopeful about those things right now, but uh, I can I can deal with Oklahoma being good. It feels familiar. Um, Texas being the the great team, the overlord of the conference, truly rubs me the wrong way. So I was secretly kind of happy with how that turned out. But both these teams are good, and I'm afraid that you know hopefully somebody can knock off UT, and I hope it's TCU. You know. Game at home. They've always played well against Texas, but, man, this Texas team looks good. And TCU's not trending in a good direction right now. Hopefully, though, somebody can knock off the horns and take them out of the Big 12 title race. That would be uh, really good for, for me personally, and I know a lot of you probably feel the same way. Um, another upset, Oklahoma State at home. They take down K-State 29-21. to I watched a lot of this football game. You know, Oklahoma State fans have – uh, justifiably been really frustrated with Casey Dunn as an offensive coordinator, but he like emptied the clip on Friday night. He was just running a lot of really cool concepts. They were running trick plays. Um, that felt like a kind of backs against the wall final stand for, for the pokes. You know, it seems like when Mike Gundy, when, when things are, you know, going in a bad way for Mike Gundy and it looks like, okay, maybe this is the time where Mike Gundy loses his job. He finds a way to respond. Um, and they did in a big way. Alan Bowman did it running the ball, did it passing the ball. But really, it was Ollie Gordon who had the big night for Oklahoma State, 21 carries, 136 yards, and one touchdown. And K-State, uh, rough night for the Wildcats. They're now 3-2 and two on the season, 1-1 one and one in conference play. Will Howard had three interceptions. That K-State offense had multiple opportunities to go down and win that football game or at least tie that football game. Um, Oklahoma State kept kicking field goals in the second half. The K-State defense was able to slow them down and force them into, you know, three-point opportunities in the red zone. But K-State and their offense just could not take advantage of it. So, um, yeah, it looked like Oklahoma State was kind of left for dead, but they end up getting a victory over K-State in Stillwater on Friday night. Um, Kansas runs all over UCF 51-22. to Jayhawks look good. You know, Jalen Daniels is still out, and so I don't know how – I don't know what the ceiling for this team looks like with Jason Bean as their quarterback, even though he's a really solid backup. Um, but they had no trouble with UCF. And UCF joins uh, Cincinnati, and we'll see what BYU does this week when they play TCU But it, in Houston. It's been a tough year for uh, new members of this conference. And Cincinnati, I think, would be in much better position if Luke Fickle was still there. But really unfortunate timing with him leaving and, then, and them going and hiring Scott Satterfield. Um yeah, it's just been a, it's it's a rough transition, and I think like TCU fans understand that we watched that happen in real time. Um, it just takes time to get used to the grind of of week in and week out Big Twelve football. But UCF, after blowing a huge lead to Baylor last week at home, they just get uh, run off the field by Kansas. And speaking of getting run off the field, Texas Tech beats Baylor thirty nine to fourteen. Tech has now won a couple games in a row, yeah, beating Houston and Baylor in back to back weeks after. 
dropping their Big 12 opener to West Virginia. Um, I, I made the joke on Twitter Saturday night. I was like, they might broadcast the TCU-Baylor game this year on LinkedIn. Like, these teams just look – they do not look good at the moment. Um, and I think Dave Rand is a good coach. I'm not really sure what happened there, but their offensive line is a mess. They can't score points. They're struggling defensively. Uh, the Bears lose again, and so they are now 1-2 and two in conference play, and I believe 2-4 and four on the season. Yeah, that's right. Baylor is uh, two and four at the moment. Um, sticking with the Big 12 Conference and just kind of discussion around expansion and rumors and those types of things, Brett McMurphy had a report yesterday. Big 12 seriously considering Gonzaga in 2024-25. Sources told the action network Gonzaga would join the Big 12 in men's hoops and five other sports, makes up less revenue initially, like SMU to the ACC. Big 12 currently not considering Oregon State in Wazoo. Um, Brett Yormark loves hoops, man. Like he just can't get away from this. You know, he kind of flirted with like UConn too. And we'll see if those talks ever open up again. I'm fine with adding Gonzaga. Like, I think, I don't know how much revenue is actually in college basketball. Um, but it seems like the big 12 is trying to brand itself as the premier basketball conference, which I think is a smart pivot given, um, kind of the landscape of college sports right now. I just don't know what it means for TV revenue and that type of thing. Gonzaga also has a good baseball program. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Gonzaga with Houston and Cincinnati and Baylor and hopefully, you know, TCU can stay consistent in hoops as well and get to this place, um, Texas Tech, others. Like, this is a great basketball conference. It's an absolute gauntlet every single year. And so adding Gonzaga – would make for some great big Monday, Super Tuesday matchups, those types of things. Um, I just don't – I don't know what the, like, what the actual kind of revenue gain is from it, but it would certainly help add some more excitement to uh, to the conference. I'm kind of disappointed Oregon State and Washington State seem to be off the table. Um, I know Drake Toll has been doing a lot of shows about how he thinks there's still a possibility there, but it seems like in in – you know, the prevailing thought throughout the media is that it's not happening. Uh, but I like those two schools, and I think they could bring a lot to um, the Big 12 Conference because they they care about athletics. They have passionate fan bases. Yeah, they're in small markets in the Pacific Northwest, but um, I just think that would be, you know, a fun add to what already is kind of a, a, a conference that's expanded to the West to a certain extent with some of the schools that they have picked up. When we come back, a lot of you had thoughts. You think I'm dumb. You think I'm uh, a lot of things. And so we'll talk about that next. I'll, I'll read some of your comments and we'll get to it. We'll do it here on Lockdown Horn Frogs. It's your team every day. You never want to be in an emergency or in a situation where you can't get to medical services. But if you are, you definitely want to be prepared. And Jace Medical gives people the opportunity to treat themselves at home if it was a really tough situation. The Jace case offers five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. Um, you simply fill out an online form and jump on a quick call with one of the uh, board-certified physicians. You can get ongoing care from their on-call physicians and get any treatment-related questions answered, doctor-created, doctor-recommended. Don't get caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves or their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace Case and Jace Medical handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Again, get the Jace Case today. Five life-saving 
antibiotics that you can have on site in your home just in case something goes wrong and you need to be able to treat yourself or the people you love. Get yours at jacemedical.com. Get $20 off if you use the promo code locked on. Again, that promo code is locked on. And it's jacemedical.com. Get $20 off the Jace case. Make sure you're prepared in an emergency situation. Uh, we thank them for being a sponsor here of Locked On Network. All right, so a lot of you have thoughts about uh, the Josh Hoover era starting this season. Zoom play says such a weird season. I hope TCU can get to a bowl game. Yeah, that's where I'm at, too. I feel like it's really important that they do that. And, you know, from a national landscape, I know a lot of people are concerned about how this year's played out and, and the idea of, like, college football is changing constantly. The landscape is changing. It seems like we're pushing more and more towards – a world where the Big Ten and the SEC are like the big two, and they kind of have all the leverage in deciding how this moves forward. They have all the money. Um, And so I think one bad season doesn't derail everything that TCU has done up to this point, but it's not a great look. And the concerning thing now is like nobody's talking about the Frogs nationally. They've kind of lost themselves now in the conversation. And getting like just getting to a bowl game is not going to change that, but I do think it would show some stability within the program and an ability for Sonny Dykes and his coaching staff to find a way to get it done. I think so much pressure goes on this coaching staff now, and <clears throat> maybe people disagree because they're like, "Well, you lost your starting quarterback. You know, you just kind of do what you can and move forward." And but I, I hope this doesn't become an excuse for this team because, like you shouldn't be three and three right now. You've put yourselves in a bad situation. Now the situation has gotten even more complicated with your, your starting quarterback going down. Um, But winning three games and getting to a bowl game would be, I just think for morale, for kind of the general perception of things, I think it would be good. And if you could end up winning your bowl game, then I feel like that would be huge. So in my mind, that's the goal as well. Um, and to do that, they're probably going to have to pull off an upset or two, which would be good. You you know, you want to win a game that you shouldn't win, um, and hopefully TCU can find a way to do that. Uh, Daniel Brimmer said he was bummed last year when Morse went down, but Duggan really showed out. He hopes it's the same this year. They need to end the season on a high note for uh, recruiting. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm all in on Josh. I hope he plays super well. <clears throat> and I agree with you. I mean, I think from a recruiting standpoint – you want to end the season with some momentum and something that you can point to and say, okay, not everything went our way this year, but we still found a way to be productive and be um, a good football team and win some games. And that, you know, that should be the goal for TC moving forward. David May said, one thing I noticed, uh, the team met Josh when he came off the field and we're patting him on the back and giving him high fives. Maybe this guy, maybe these guys are excited to rally around him and play for him. Um, yeah, I don't think this team's quit. I mean, I don't get that sense. I feel like they're playing hard. They're trying to make this work. And sometimes you do see like a backup quarterback come in. Um, and like last year was so different because Max had been around for a long time. But sometimes you see a new guy come in and everybody just says, okay, we have to be better. Like collectively, we have to be better to help this guy find a way to win games. And it can be a rallying point for this team. And I hope that's the case. I hope they are excited to play and they're like, okay, let's go. Let's get this done. Let's show um, what we can do. Somebody else said, they saw Dominic Williams talking to him, and it seemed like he was telling him it was his turn to lead them. And so hopefully the guys do respond really well to Josh being on the field. Richard Berry said the defense is much improved, but they can't outwork a bad offense the last two weeks. Yeah, I think the defense has played well. 
lately. I mean, they gave up way too many rushing yards to Iowa State, but I know part of that was they were just on the field for such a long time in that ball game. Like, it's hard to be effective when a team is physical and is running and your offense keeps turning the ball over. So one huge key is just going to be taking care of the ball and flipping the field, too, um, and putting this defense in good situations. Um, Tanner McKinney said he knew this was going to happen. It was just a matter of time. Um because of Chandler's history. Yeah, and it stinks for him. I mean, like, I'm not going to blame, like, this. these, these are uncontrollable things. Um, but it, it stinks that he went down again and has another injury. Um, let's see. Tommy Fisher had a long comment. Let me see if I can kind of paraphrase it. Um, he said Chandler wasn't playing well the last six quarters. Maybe Hoover can do something better, um, and everyone can step up and rally around him. It's a huge opportunity for Hoover. It could launch him in the next year if he balls out. Yeah, I definitely think it's a big opportunity for for Josh Hoover. Um, and I feel like this is a chance for him to show what he can do in a huge way and an opportunity that was probably kind of unexpected for him. Um, and the offense has been bad the last two games. Like, they've just been really bad overall. And Chandler wasn't playing well. And so you're right. This kind of gives him a chance to reset. And maybe that's something that's helpful. We'll have to see how it plays out over the next few weeks. Uh, Michael Robinson called me a Chandler Morris apologist. Um, and he said, yeah, Josh Hoover is going to get pressured. He said Vince Young, before he became a household name in Texas, dealt with defenses, uh, giving him a lot of pressure. Um, Josh Hoover may just be better than you think. Yeah, he definitely could prove me wrong. Yeah, If he turns out to be anything close to Vince Young, I'll be super happy. Um, I don't feel like I was a Chandler Morris apologist, but I thought he played well for the first four games of the season, and then things really came to a screeching halt. Um, I didn't think that was all his fault, but certainly a lot of it falls on him. And now we'll see what Josh Hoover gets to do. Yeah, he could definitely prove me wrong. I've been wrong a lot this season. I thought this team would be a lot better. Um, I was wrong about that. I thought they'd beat Colorado. I was wrong about that. So I would be happy to get the trifecta here and be totally wrong about Josh Hoover and his ability and what he can do in this offense. But either way, I'll be here every day covering the team. Um, and I appreciate you guys joining me. Uh, it's Locked on Horn Frogs. It's your team every day.